and start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our guest segment. We're super excited to have him back with us again. And um, I guess my producer's working on getting him on the line. Uh, Dylan Howard is author of Epstein, Dead Men, Tell No Tales. And we're going to be talking about a lot of the uh, breaking news that has taken place in just the last few days. Uh, To begin with, I have to tell you, I continue to have a lot of questions, a lot of questions about Bill Gates connection with Jeffrey Epstein. I can make literally no sense of this, how Bill Gates could be how he would take a risk to tarnish his good name and reputation by associating with Jeffrey Epstein. This is, again, this is after Epstein is a convicted sexual offender that Bill Gates is spending all this time with Epstein. And of course, he minimized it, said he hadn't met with him that often. But now we're finding out uh, now that the divorce between him and his wife uh, has been announced. We're getting information that's leaking out that maybe the reason his wife is divorcing him is because of the connection with Epstein. Uh, we're also finding out that he had multiple visits with Epstein. We're, I'm hearing some strange kind of backstories. Uh, one story is that uh, he was hoping that Epstein uh, could help him to get the Nobel Peace Prize. Another weird story is that maybe Epstein would help uh, Bill Gates to raise money for charity. (laughs) And I think to myself, if you're Bill Gates, are you really going to go and hang out with a convicted sexual offender to help you to try to raise money when you're Bill Gates worth billions and billions and billions of dollars? All right. A lot of questions to get into a lot of news and, uh, uh, we've got him on the line. I believe this is his line here. Uh, Dylan Howard, are you with us, sir? Hello, Dylan, are you there? All right, let me try this line. Hello, Dylan Howard, is that you? It is. Good oh, to be with you. Good, to, good to be with you, sir. Uh Hey, I gave you a great introduction. You got to trust me on that. <laughs> so I'm bringing, I'm bringing you on cold here, but I've got a whole list of, of Epstein stuff to hit you with. And one of these you might not even know about yet. So because I'm here in Florida and I've been following this so closely, did you know that after nearly two years that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement has now cleared everyone involved in the 2008 plea deal. And they very carefully said this. There was no evidence of criminal activity in that plea deal, which I find those words to be very interesting because 
uh, you know, there certainly could be misconduct and other things that have happened. But when you set that as the bar, like we found no evidence of criminal activity, that almost says something uh, in and of itself. But did you know about the FDLE clearing all parties concerned with the 2008 plea deal? No, I didn't. And quite candidly, though, I'm not surprised. At the very heart of this scandal is a cover-up of monumental proportions, one that involves the government at its very highest levels. Simultaneous to that, the decision on the uh, individuals who worked at the Manhattan Correctional Centre on the night in which Jeffrey Epstein took his own life received a deferred prosecution this week, essentially meaning that they will face no jail time for their negligence uh, and being involved in um, in uh, not monitoring his cell as per protocol and routine. And they lied. They lied by filling out. Lied about it. They filled about out the logs that they they lied about the logs and were to were to believe that they were uh, shopping. One one of them was shopping online for a motorcycle and the other one was doing something else. But this is just very suspicious to me because. Uh, you know, people people predicted this. They said he was not going to live uh, uh, in jail. He had too much information, too many secrets. And now we've got the prison guards uh, basically looking the other way. And now they're not being prosecuted because, you know, if they ended up having to go to jail, maybe something might come out. Maybe they might say, look. I'm not going to jail. So you figure out a way to keep me out of jail. Do we know if they got any other penalties? Like, did they lose their careers? Did they lose pensions? Are they like reassigned yeah, to? Obviously, yeah, obviously. And they can't profit from um, being involved in this scandal. But what makes this all the more intriguing to me is that seemingly these decisions are being made that they are absolving individuals of any criminality who's making these decisions and what is at the very heart of the southern district of new york and its investigation into gislaine maxwell because they seem to be going full throttle at uh, attempting to throw her into jail for the rest of her life the question now being um Is this a government-sanctioned investigation, or will they just capitulate as well on this? Because underneath this is a very sinister story of how the government knew about the exploitation of these young women and allowed Epstein and Maxwell to continue to do it because they were acting as foreign spies and passing on intelligence, not only to... Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Israel, but also to the U.S. government itself. And it's a scandal that doesn't implicate on ideological lines. Both blue and red uh, politicians are implicated in this. So are many administrations, dating back to the Bush administration, George W. Bush's administration, about the contacts that he had to the rich, famous, powerful, and political and and going back to this Florida investigation, 
a couple of things still really bother me about this. So uh, you you we went into this on your last show with us. So we're not going to go into all of it, but just to tell people, uh, Epstein gets a slap on the wrist. He gets a thir- uh, like a 13 month sentence where he's uh, held in like a private wing of the jail in Palm Beach. He's allowed to leave jail all day and go to his office. I mean, nobody, nobody can believe this. Nobody. This is like the most outrageous, unbelievable deal. And so what happens is Alex Acosta, who's a member of the Trump cabinet, he resigns uh, as soon as all of this starts coming out. And then there's going to be this investigation by Florida. And then Florida, the, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement drags this out for almost two years almost two years and then finally says well we found nothing uh and i and i asked this question why would alex acosta who was like there like engineering the whole thing how could he feel like he needed to resign if there's nothing and now to they drag it out for two years and tell us there's nothing it makes no sense that alex acosta would resign then if there actually was nothing well alex acosta has always said all along that he was told, hands off, this is above your pay grade. Alex Acosta, I actually feel a tremendous amount of sympathy for because he fell on his sword. The Trump administration was facing a scandal of epic proportions when Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and the sweetheart plea deal of the century was exposed. The reality was that Alex Acosta paid the ultimate sacrifice as a GOP good good citizen in order to deflect attention away from President Donald J. Trump. Alex Acosta has been suspiciously quiet since this uh, has all gone down. And one must question how he's feeling today, having taken the bullet uh, for the administration that was facing blowback on the scandal. Yeah, and then the FDLE, uh, which I I I queried them multiple times, and they were like, "No comment." Still under investigation, and I know things take a long time when it comes to investigations and the law and all of that. But uh, you know, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I expected more. Uh, you know, our governor seemed very interested in this case, but maybe it's above his pay grade too. You know, just to to use that same phrase. Now, let's talk about Bill Gates because this is a situation that absolutely makes no sense to me. Now, the last time you were here, we were simply looking at maybe there was this one picture of Bill Gates with Epstein and sort of maybe there was a little bit more to it than that. Uh, but now that he's getting divorced from his wife, we're hearing this story, which I have no way to confirm it, but it's widely reported that his wife was really upset about him having this connection with Bill Gates, with, with Jeffrey Epstein and she, and Melinda Gates. Uh, this was one of the reasons for the divorce, apparently from what's being widely reported. Uh, we now know that after Epstein was a convicted sexual predator, sexual offender, registered sex offender. After that, three, four years after that, Bill Gates is hanging out with this guy multiple times. It's not just the one picture. And the only thing we're getting as far as any reason for this is, well, Bill Gates was hoping to get a Nobel Peace Prize. So, Maybe Epstein could work that out for him uh, or, or that that maybe Epstein was going to help raise money for some of 
Jeff, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Epstein is going to help raise money for some of Bill Gates charities. None of this makes sense. Bill Gates has all this money. He has this reputation. A guy who wants a Nobel Peace Prize, who's interested in being remembered in, in, in such a way that he would be spending so much time with Epstein. Uh, something is not adding up here at all about this whole deal. No, it's not. Um, and quite frankly, I think we should be um, a little bit pessimistic about some of the reporting that has come out. But at the same time, we should consider it in its context. Jeffrey Epstein not only befriended the likes of Leslie Wexner, Leon Black, Bill Clinton, Bill Richardson, and others, including uh, Prince Andrew, uh, of the British monarchy. But he did have a connection to Gates. And the question of Prince Andrew was, why did you continue this relationship with Jeffrey Epstein after he was a convicted sex offender? And Bill Gates has been silent on this today, uh, to date, other than saying uh, in an interview or in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, quote, I didn't have any business relationship or friendship with him. Well, that is an out and out lie. There have been reports, and I can't confirm them, that Mr. Gates spent the night at Jeffrey Epstein's New York apartment. The world's richest man, or seemingly one of the world's richest man who's worth $100 billion, I'm fairly certain either might have access <laughs> to a presidential suite in a hotel in New York if he doesn't have his own property. The real question is, why would Mr. Gates meet with Epstein on a number of occasions? What we know is that beginning in 2011, they met at least three times in Manhattan, and there was one meeting that went on late into the night. We also know that um, employees of Bill Gates and Melinda Gates Foundation paid multiple visits to the Epstein mansion and that Epstein spoke with uh, the foundation and J.P. Morgan Chase about a proposed multi-billion dollar charitable fund. Again, this all happened after Jeffrey Epstein was convicted. So either... Uh, Mr. Gates has expressed a considerable lack of understanding or awareness, or he potentially has serious questions to answer. Herein lies the issue. Is the Southern District of New York, which is considered the most powerful law enforcement prosecutorial body in the Department of Justice, it almost runs to its own tune. It is viewed as a sovereign nation. Are they going to have the, let's just say, balls to bring in Bill Gates for questioning about what he knew about Epstein and Maxwell? And they, certainly, yeah. they certainly have not when it comes to former President Bill Clinton. Right. Bill Bill Clinton could maybe assert some form of immunity as a former president unable to be, to be charged with a criminal offence if indeed something happened uh, during the time that he uh, was president. However, Bill, uh, Bill Gates is a private citizen 
and he's well within the purview of the SDNY to investigate, and it would beg a belief to me that they would not want to question him. And, you know, it's interesting, the the connection you make in your book uh, to Epstein and Maxwell being spies and this whole idea of this is above Alex Acosta's pay grade and that he wasn't allowed to go after him. There's been rumors for a long time about Bill Gates connection uh, to the intelligence community, uh, uh, theories about backdoors and the software that's put out and all that sort of thing. I just can't I don't know what to make of it. One other one other article said, well, he had to meet with Epstein to get divorce advice. And I thought to myself, you know, you're worth billions of dollars and you're going to go to a convicted sexual predator who is not even an attorney and you're going to go there to get divorce advice. It None of this makes any sense. It, it really doesn't. And as much as I know it would be easy to just say, uh, and I know some people would say this, oh, well, this was all about sex. It was all about Epstein setting up sexual encounters for these men that were wealthy. Maybe that's true, but I also think there's something much bigger going on in terms of the money connection. What say you? Well, I don't think we really know uh, the full extent of uh, the Epstein money connections and the Maxwell money connections. What we know is that, according to records, when he died, there was about a $600 million fortune. According to court records, Ghislaine Maxwell only had about $20 million. That beggars belief that she would have been connected to Epstein for so long, yet had such little, to you and I, $20 million is not (laughs) little. But to her, it certainly was. I mean, her father was worth hundreds of uh, millions of dollars when he met with his untimely death. The situation around the finances of Jeffrey Epstein is consistent with the rest of the story. Are we ever going to know the truth? The truth will only come out if Ghislaine Maxwell sings like a canary. And the only way she will do that is if she's offered a lesser, uh, a lower, uh, lesser jail sentence than what she would face if she went to trial. But there is an amount of excessive hubris with Maxwell who believes that she cannot be charged or convicted of these crimes based on that Alex Acosta uh, sweetheart plea deal in which associates of Epstein were given immunity, one of which was Ghislaine Maxwell. So the SDNY doesn't believe in that. They believe that the immunity was only limited to that one jurisdiction in Palm Beach, not the other 94 jurisdictions around America. And I think that is going to be the thesis of her legal argument. At the moment, she's certainly not um, giving any sign that she's prepared to uh, waver from her position of defending herself. Um, But when faced with never seeing daylight again, one might fold. If she folds, here's what I would say. Be careful what you wish for. The government is going to by its own prosecution, unearth scandalous details in what would probably end up becoming, in my view, a trial bigger and more interesting 
than O.J. Simpson because of the people that become implicated. Absolutely. I'm going to open up the phone lines now uh, all over the world. Uh, just uh, make sure you get uh, a U.S. style tone and you're good to go. The number is 646-716-4041. Your questions or comments about the Jeffrey Epstein case or any of the news related to uh, these recent events, 646 716 4041 is the number. Also, you can send your questions right now, starting immediately. I'll start taking some email questions. Jim at ChristianMoney.com. Jim at ChristianMoney.com. And one email question that was already on the board here is they want to know what happened to Jelaine Maxwell. Uh, isn't she being held without bail somewhere in a federal prison? She is. She's being held in the Brooklyn Correctional Center. Uh, in Brooklyn, um, she has sought to uh, receive bail. Uh, the judge has denied that on at least two occasions. She claims that uh, she's been beaten up in prison. She claims that she has to wear paper clothing and that she is guarded differently than other inmates. Well, naturally, if you are a person that is a key witness or a key defendant in unearthing this scandal, you are going to place more resources on her. That is not discrimination. That is um, pure security on behalf of the federal government to ensure that this woman doesn't or is given the opportunity to do what Jeffrey Epstein did, and that was take his own life. So she faces trial later this year, a trial that if it goes ahead, as I say, it's like, be careful what you wish for. If you look down the rabbit hole, you might find something that scares you. Absolutely. Now, do we have any idea of the timeline? She's been held for quite a while. Wasn't the the raid? How, how long ago was that raid on her New Hampshire compound? I, I have a suspicion. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I have a suspicion it was around June last year. Um, or maybe even earlier. Um, so she's been in jail for close to a year, if not longer. The trial is expected to commence in November, but I expect that it will be pushed back through motions. And notwithstanding, there's also a backlog in the court system due to COVID right. and, um, and, and various cases. So no formal date. I, even if a formal date has been locked in, I would suggest that it's unlikely to be that date because there will be a series of motions that will go before the court prior to uh, the trial commencing. Now, if she were to be convicted on the charges, realistically, are we talking about like uh, a few years in jail or could this be no, decades in prison? Never, never see the light of day. She's done. She will die. She will die in prison. Wow. Um, it was originally a six count indictment. Um, they've added two additional charges to that. This is not just sex trafficking. This is sexual abuse of underage women by her, according to the indictment. Um, there is no way that in this country where, unfortunately, there are two tiers of justice, there is justice for high-profile celebrity individuals and justice for you and I. Justice for high-profile celebrity individuals used to 
often be in their favour. Now it's not. In the post-Me Too era, individuals like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein have had the book thrown at them and will ultimately die in prison. And that is because no jury of their peers, one, would be prepared to, um, I think, vote in favour of an acquittal. And secondly, the judge presiding over the case who determines the jail term would be too frightened to give them a slap on the wrist. Another question coming in here by email, which is a question I also have. What's the latest on Prince Andrew? Because it felt like a few months ago, like something might happen, like he he might have to come to New York to be questioned or, you know, maybe there would be some international incident where he would be, you know, extradited or something. Uh, it just seems really quiet. We're not hearing anything about Prince Andrew anymore. Well, he doesn't have diplomatic immunity. Um, and the Southern District of New York has sought to question him on multiple occasions. He says that he has been cooperative. They say he has not. Now, he's said that he's willing to answer questions um, in a controlled environment. That means written questions with written answers. That's not how you go about a law enforcement investigation. The SDNY has said they would like him to sit uh, under oath in the UK and face questions. He's not going to submit to that because the evidence against him is incriminating. But the reality is he too is a protected species. There is no way that I could ever see Prince Andrew be prosecuted because it would create one of the most significant constitutional and political crises between two members of a coalition, Britain and America, that we'd ever, we'd ever see. I just can't see President Joe Biden picking the phone up to President, uh, Prime Minister uh, uh, in Britain, um, uh, Boris uh, Johnson, and saying to him, we're going to extradite Prince Andrew. I just can't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that talk about going above a pay grade. That that sounds crazy, but that did pretty much ruin his name and reputation. And I believe, if I understand it right, he lost like his official office and and some sources of his income. And uh, I guess is just going to have to live out his life in a a very understated way. Understated, to say the least. I mean, he is a prince in exile, but a prince in exile in luxury. Yeah. Um, whilst he may not have any formal duties as the Duke of York anymore, because the Queen has effectively absolved him of any public responsibilities, he still lives within the gilded facade and trappings of Buckingham Palace and uh, and its other associated properties. And as a member of the family of uh, the, the Windsor family, uh, he obviously benefits from uh, the aides and, and servants and other individuals. So it's pretty nice exile. I wouldn't mind living that type of lifestyle. <laughs> um, but certainly his reputation to the, the British public and to the monarchy itself, the monarchy at a time when it's under siege could ill afford for Prince Andrew to be 
a public-facing representative of what they believe in or what the Queen believes in. Well, here's another interesting question to be uh, to give all sides fair and equal time here. Someone's asking about Trump and his connections to Epstein. And now we know that Trump is under criminal investigation. His organization is. And I'm certain it seems like it's related to other things like real estate taxes and real estate loans and other kinds of things. But but maybe, maybe not. This person wants to know what you're uh, what you know about Trump's connection to Epstein. And I believe the last time you were on, we just talked about there's maybe you know there's that video that's very circulated online of the two of them watching Mm -hmm. a group of women dancing at mar-a-lago um there's other uh, you know accusations but has there ever been much of a connection there a substantial connection between trump uh and epstein hell yeah and and that's why alex costa fell on his sword The reality was Trump minimized his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein to Mar-a-Lago and a handful of occasions in which he socialized with him. But in Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, we discover that Epstein and Trump knew each other dating back to the 1980s. Hmm. In fact, Epstein worked for Adnan Khashoggi, the Saudi Arabian arms dealer, and would boast to people that he was a bounty hunter. There was a particular occasion in which Trump met with Epstein and Adnan Khashoggi and bought Adnan Khashoggi's yacht and renamed it the Lady Ivanka. Um, So while Trump sought to minimalize, just like everyone else has, including former President Bill Clinton, his connections to Jeffrey Epstein run far deeper than the Mar-a-Lago situation, which I think in many ways was the precipice for Alex Acosta to fall on his sword. Someone else is asking here about the Clintons now that Hillary is no longer, you know, aspiring to office. Are the Clintons going to just kind of... <laughs> I don't of, think you could ever rule that out. Yeah, right, right. Who, never aspiring to all. I know. that's that Maybe I spoke too soon. Uh, she'll be back, just like in those horror movies. You know, <laughs> just when you think it's over, the end comes out again. Uh, but in any case, uh, uh, I mean, the Clintons basically just... I mean, all those flights that Bill Clinton was on. And I mean, he, as far as notable people, seems to have the, the greatest... Uh, amount of evidence against him as far as the connection to Epstein. Uh, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, but this person wants to know, do you think the Clintons will ever be implicated in anything criminally related to Epstein? Would uh, Bill Clinton be called by the SDNY to sit in a witness box in the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell? I don't think any prosecutor would have the intestinal fortitude to do that. Should they? Potentially, yes. Will they? Unequivocally, no. Um, Bill Clinton, likewise, has sought to minimise his connections uh, to Jeffrey Epstein, but his closest advisor, Doug Band, has contradicted many of Bill Clinton's denials by saying, in fact, that he did attend the so-called Orgy Island in um, in the Virgin Islands that Jeffrey Epstein owned. Now, Doug Band has denied that um, he has provided evidence to the SDNY, 
But the implications of going down that rabbit hole for the Clintons could be very precarious. Uh, now, again, are they prepared to do that? I would suggest no. Now, lastly here, uh, someone wants to know about Epstein's money. So we still don't really know for sure how he got the money. Maybe it was through blackmailing or or we don't really know really where he got his money. Do, do you agree with that or do we do you have a, a solid feeling at this point as to where that money came from? Well, that money came from um, acting as an international conduit for the exchange of intelligence from the United States to other countries. Now, let's just think about it. The time that Bill Clinton spent with Jeffrey Epstein was a time in which Hillary Clinton was a member of the Senate, and also Bill Clinton has access to intelligence reports on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you think that they were just chatting about Sunday night football? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. The reality was that these individuals were used and abused by Jeffrey Epstein, who peddled that information for financial gain. And he was very successful at doing it. And it was all uh, under the cloud of like he's a hedge fund manager, but everyone on Wall Street said, no, he's not. He he has no registration to do that. He has no history of any clients where he would be doing that. And and so that didn't add up. But so there had to be some explanation. And that was sort of the front for it. Um, what about what happens to the money now that he's gone? I understand he has a brother who is the sole heir. Um, did Ghislaine Maxwell not get any money from his will? And will there be anything left of the money if weren't there some civil cases where the women that were hurt by him would be getting money as well? So what money uh, was left over, at least on paper and can be accounted for has been clawed back by the victims and most if not all of that money will go to uh, damages for those women and victims of Jeffrey Epstein. No money was left to Ghislaine Maxwell. All of it went to his, uh, his heir apparent, his brother. However, uh, those monies obviously have been overturned by court decisions in compensating victims. And the properties, we know that the New York property was sold. There's a new owner of that. We know that the Palm Beach property was sold and that house was actually demolished. Do we know what the status is of the New Mexico ranch or the Little Jeff Island, as it was called? Uh, are, are those compounds still standing and have they transferred ownership? They have not transferred ownership, to my understanding. Um, I understand there is activity at both of the properties. I'm not sure who is in control of that activity. Um, I've been contacted recently by someone who says that uh, there is a lot of activity at the New Mexico ranch, um, and that person has uh, information about that. Now, uh, ultimately, I think that those properties will be put up for sale and the money will again go to some form of restitution um, in favor of the victims of Jeffrey Epstein and potentially also 
Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, but of course, the great unknown is the money that we don't know about. So there could be uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that was laundered offshore that may never be accounted for again. Yeah, and the other and thing too is very we've, we've speculated here that he may have had a lot of cryptocurrency or other untraceable assets that could be out there, and maybe Jelaine Maxwell is the key to a lot of that money as well. I mean, a guy who made his living sort of hiding money for people would probably be able to hide his own money. I think that's a, a fair assumption. Now, I thought that you were going to have another Epstein book sort of imminently, like it was going to come out before the end of the year. Is there still one in the works, uh, like a sequel Absolutely. to the first one? Tell us about that and when there that's is. going to come out. So it will coincide with the trial. Um, we have been investigating, myself and co-authors, Melissa Cronin and James Robertson, have been investigating this and looking at the ties of Epstein and Maxwell to government and what the government knew, when they knew it, how they knew it, and why they did nothing about it and allowed them to operate on our soil as foreign spies and taking the innocence of innocent young women. Who in government knew that? Why they did nothing about it? These are critical questions that the mainstream media have not asked that will be the subject of the sequel to Dead Men Tell No Tales. Epstein and Maxwell Inc. will be released uh, around the time of, of her trial. And lastly, is there any, uh, you have any new podcasts or anything? I always love your podcasts. Anything <laughs> new uh, in that realm? No, but uh, we will be announcing very shortly um, some exciting uh, projects that we have uh, collaborated with a number of different institutions on. Um, everybody knows that uh, I narrated the first edition of Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood, um, as Robert Wagner uh, enters his 90, 90 years and above. Uh, there are still more questions being asked of that particular case, and I believe that in uh, the fullness of time we'll learn that uh, Fatal Voyage Season 2, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood, might deliver some more conclusive information based on new evidence uncovered by myself and the investigative team behind the first podcast. I love that Fatal Voyage. That was great. I love your voice. I mean, you could like read my grocery list and I would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, uh, Dylan Howard, for being with us. I can't wait for the new book to be out. And, uh, you know, call us uh, anytime you have anything big you want to talk about and we'll put it out there for you. You got it. Thanks All right, sir. Th time. Thank you very much. Wow. I just I love that guy. I love his voice. And uh, he's so interesting. So much more about this Jeffrey Epstein case. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I mean, this is incredible. All the stuff that is now coming out. And uh, who knows who's going to go down with all this? I mean, the names of the people, Bill Gates, the the Clintons, 
Trump. I mean, all these names are being you know thrown around here like, well, maybe it could be this person and this person, this person. And maybe Jelaine Maxwell is going to talk in the end and the trial's coming up. And and he says it could be as big as OJ, maybe even more. Wow. Who knows what's going to happen? I know I'm going to get Trump people upset because we went there, but someone wanted to know. And we got to give fair uh, time to all sides. Uh, you know, who knows what will come out uh, in the end? I mean, we do know Trump had a kind of a bachelor's crazy swinging life when he was younger before he, you know, got uh, into the presidency and all that. So, you know, who knows? Uh, what his connection might have been. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, next week is a special best of program for the holiday weekend as I'll be traveling. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris live. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.